We're heading over there now. Bravo here, roger that. That should be the hijacked shuttle we've been getting reports about. This is where they must have switched rides. Pretty clever. We're gonna check the interior. Hey, you guys all right? Headquarters. I see. And do you have any leads as to where the hijackers who stole the shuttle might have gone? The Glasgow team is currently devoting all its efforts to the search, sir. But nothing yet. But what a plan. Impersonating Lacus Klein in order to steal a shuttle. That's quite a bold move. Yes, sir. The rescued shuttle pilots and the base personnel all say that she was a perfect double. Even her voice was the same. In any case, find that imposter at once. I don't know if the Alliance is behind this masquerade, but I can think of only one reason why someone would want to do this. Somebody wants to use her image to sow confusion among the plant's citizens. Yes, sir. The real Lacus is so kind-hearted. Imagine her sadness when she learns she's being used in such a fashion. Yes, sir. It's important that we stop these agitators before they take action and cause an uproar. Do not fail me. Yes, sir. You can count on us. But perhaps it's a good thing the two of them are now apart. Lacus Klein and Kira Yamato. Welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that now has to watch Destiny. My name is Jeremy. I'm Tyler. You know, it's probably dangerous to have this in such close proximity, but I'm going to ask a question. What would a Lacus Klein ship girl combine with? Would she just be combined with the Eternal? Like, Zach, is that how that would work? You're acting like I haven't seen this a lot. <laughs> you're acting like my Google search history does not have a lot of that. Okay, I mean, my name is Zach, by the way. But it's just because, like I, like I said, I started playing Ezra Lane in part because I watched the anime on Funimation. But anyway, and I just had that thought of, huh, I wonder what the character, what the ships of this series would look like. I w- am willing to bet you that $100 that within the next five years, there will be a Lacus Klein as the Freedom Gumpla. Because I, that, is increas- what? that is increasingly our uh, direction Gumpla are going. Where like what? the characters, Female of the characters Gundams? as Gundams is increasingly unofficial. No, what? I what? Ha- okay, no, you have to describe to me what any of these. I can give are. you. A I'm just like I want to know what level of robot and what level of human it is. Now loading. Um. <laughs> oh wait, no. Here's the actual. Okay, no, that's the actual model kit. Okay. I, you know, looking at that, I don't see a problem with that. Oh, wait, is this the one I'm looking for? That's not the model. I, that's definitely a... Is a, this the one I'm looking for? I That might be. That appears to be an actual product. That's more human than I was hoping for. <laughs> I really, I, I more want like a Lacus-inspired Gundam okay, as yes. opposed to a Gundam-inspired Lacus. You, you want that Freedom Gundam Lacus cu- custom. I keep contemplating painting and never painting. 
Yeah, like I want one that looks like it is wearing her sweet yacket or her sweet uh, eternal commander jacket. Yeah, but is in fact a Gundam. I want that too. First, I have to build my Wing Zero Christmas custom. Christmas custom. I definitely want to take a Wing Zero Endless Waltz version, paint it red and green, and put a Santa hat on it and use it as a tree topper. (laughs) (laughs) I'll kill you with kindness. That's what I call my gun. With kindness. Hero Yui's beam rifles, officially named Kindness. See, really, this was all to get you to move your arms so I could read the episode title. We are watching Phase 27 this week, Unfulfilled Feelings. You know, I don't often drink while we record this podcast, but I feel like I have been now. So <laughs> I feel like that Super Fumina really did a number on me. Uh, it's banned from the Gumpler Reddit, if that makes you feel better. It's, <laughs> not, it's not the only one of those, just the first, though. Just because people are sick and tired of seeing them? Or? That, it created quite a uh, conversation, is my understanding, until the mods were just like, no, not anymore. You, th- you've done this, not us. Leave with your super fumina. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like that's questionably gunpla. I, mm. I mean, it's an official gunpla. Therefore, I know. It's gunpla by, <laughs> I, by definition. It, it I, says gunpla on the box when you build it in the gunpla font. And I think they accidentally misprinted it <laughs> several times. She's not the only one. There's also the Gyanko. I have no, how do, okay, I do have to look it up for curiosity. I sake, don't remember but. what its name is, because that is also just the name of one of the characters. It's Hyper Gyanko, I think. Yeah, that uh, sounds right. That that one? Yeah, which is way more girl. Yeah, again, all these are more girl and less giant fighting robot, and I'm like, it's not striking the balance I was hoping for, They're I guess. more girl now than machine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I want them to be more machine. Where is my Darth Vader Gundam? I'm sure someone's done that. Probably. So yeah, phase 27, unfulfilled feelings. Last time, Shin got Stella on the ship. The doctor was confused about where his order come from. Shin got berated. And Atherin and Kira had some melodrama. What am I missing? Uh, Luna was spying on Atherin two episodes ago. That hasn't been resolved yet. Does that ever get resolved? I mean, well, I feel like I can we get an explanation that. here. Yeah, we get, we get an explanation. Is that as much as we get? I assume Luna confronts him eventually. I don't want to say much. I will say that it would have made more sense if Mayrin had been the spy, I think. Black has climbed to the space heist and now is in space. An, an excellent space heist that involved a wig. Not on her, though. You can't tame that hair. Wig felt. That's the official name for that cosplay that he's doing there. Yeah, one uh, of my <laughs> favorite details uh, in this episode revolves around that wig. <laughs> Me too, actually. Anything else? Uh, Shin's a character in this. Shin and Kira are there. Yeah, let's just start. Let's just start. Um, I'm really sad that we don't listen to the sound on these while we record them, because with the weird, like, jazz that plays in this intro, this is the most original Gundam-ass opening I think the entirety of either Seed or Destiny have given us. We don't even have a last time. We just start with one of those fancy radar gens in Azaku delivering some techno babble that they've found the shuttle that was hijacked. Over, like, kind of edgy jazz. It's pretty great. And they, like, slowly fly towards it like there's going to be a big reveal. And they open <laughs> up, and Walfeld's wig and sunglasses that he used to dress up as Mirror's manager are just, like, floating in well, space. And, hey, look, that guy's got a rifle. Yep, Remember well, how Shin and Ray went scouting with pistols? Yep. I mean, they're in space. It's more dangerous just, in space. The, the original crew, presumably, of the shuttle is just tied up and has tape over the rod floating in the cockpit of the shuttle. So here's the thing. Do you think that the shuttle pilots were so unconscious when they were tied up and then left? Or yes. did they wake up before Walfeld and Lacus left? I think they were tied up before they 
woke up. They may or may not have woken up before they left. I'm just wondering if Lacus took the time to explain to them that she is, in fact, the real Lacus. I mean, they might have got mobbed, but only if they were conscious, and I don't think they would have spent a lot of time there. Because I don't think Walfelt would have let her spend a lot of time there. And this proves I was right about last week's episode, and Walfelt's hands are not lethal weapons. So anyway, they are apparently talking straight to Durundle. We're definitely supposed to think this went through the chain of command, but we cut to Durundle being like, so were there any leads on where they went? Uh, yeah, they're working on the search, but nothing yet. Cut to the Eternal hiding in a nearby asteroid. Which I really like. With wreckage around it. I actually like the fact that it's hidden in the asteroid and there's a bunch of wreckage. So it's in like the, uh, what's it called? In the debris belt, as they said it in the other series. And Lacus and Walfeld enter the bridge dramatically. We see Takasa. Hey, Takasa. I do love that Walfeld gives a wave. I feel like he's trying to do a Lacus Quine impression, and just <laughs> nobody gets it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because he saw her do it that one time in Popstar mode. He's like, I could be a Popstar. My question is, how long have those guys been on the ship? Have they just been chilling out on that ship since the last war? I was going to make that same joke, but I expect they probably just arranged a rendezvous as part of this plan. Yeah, probably. But but that's that's a more time. boring answer. Hey, look, we'll have to talk about Terminal soon. And boy, do I not want to talk about Terminal. But I do want to talk about it more than Gundam Seed Destiny does. <laughs> so Durandal's like, oh, I can't think of why someone would pretend to be Lacus Klein, except for to sow chaos in the hearts of the plants. That would be a weird thing for someone to do, though, right? <laughs> to be fair, he can't actually admit it, that yeah. he's been doing yeah. the same thing. I just want to know who this guy on the phone is that he is lying to. <laughs> I assume it's someone up at his chain of command, and he's like, I can I only imagine it's... how sad it makes our Lacus and that someone's impersonating him. Mir's like bitch i'll kick her ass i think it's probably somebody who's not in the ch- who's in the chain of command but isn't quite as high and it's weird that mira like has that glare there because if she's if we're supposed to think that she's thinking along the same lines like mira's like a lacus fangirl i i mean i can only think that she's mad that lacus didn't stick around long enough to give her an autograph on some level though her importance is threatened by Lacus actually reappearing. And she also have the thought of, oh, I screwed this up so bad the real Lacus thought she had to do something. Is that, do I we... guess that's possible. I'm more thinking is like a lot of people who become obsessed with yeah, someone that's true want to kill them yeah. and assume their position. There's and that's a known some single thing. white female going on here. Yes. <laughs> anyway, Durandal's like, we have to find them before they do something. He's like, yes, sir, we'll do our best. So he hangs up and I feel like this is the first time where Durandal is definitely for sure the bad guy, right? Is when he continues to talk here. And he looks at his fancy chessboard and is like, maybe it's a good thing they've been separated. Kira Klein? Kira Klein? Yes. Kira Klein definitely and Lacus Yamato. <laughs> it would be super cute if they just switched, actually. <laughs> I mean, this like, is the first time it's been, like, confirmed that Durundle is not exactly the good guy we've been led to believe up to this point. It also says he definitely knows who Kira Yamato is, which is something I proposed maybe he doesn't earlier. Although I did later say, oh, wait, I know this stuff later. He definitely does know about Kira Yamato. This is the first time we confirmed that. I'm wondering where he got that intel. I feel like it was recently that maybe he learned it. I'm pretty sure I know where he got it, but there hasn't been any indication. Well, there was one flashback that you could make a leap of logic from, but it would be a leap. So he's happy that the world's most powerful power couple has been split up, at least physically. And then we get the opening. Which I still like the song behind this. Hi, Moo. Can't be Moo. He's dead. Yeah, you need to move on, Tyler. Mm, that was a pretty hawkish tactic. Yeah, I know he made the joke about it looks like Mayron photoshopped herself into that picture with Athens. <laughs> it's really but funny. But I think the reason why it looks so out of place is that 
for Atherin and uh, Mir, they're both moving in that shot, and Kigali and Lunamaria are just like the fading things, but they're on the sides and they're much bigger, whereas Mayrin is in the center shot. It's also Mayrin's pose, because she does not look like she can support her weight like that to me, but it also does not look like she is actually leaning on Atherin. Yep. Well, it's because she's not moving. She's just like sliding like Kigali and Lunamaria are. If she was moving along the same lines as uh, Mir and Athrin are in that shot, it probably wouldn't look quite as bad. We cut the basketball, which Owl is playing with Sting on the base. They're shooting some hoops. Owl can only wear shirts that don't have midriffs. He's got to cut out like a big U out of the, any shirt he happens to wear. He de- it definitely has a midriff. It's just a super plunging V-neck. Yeah, that's what I meant, is that it has no chest covering. It ha- he has it's to for show a up stage all career. his cleavage. And Neil Roanoke is on the phone with our favorite guy, Jabril. Who's like, hey, I understand that you're going to lose people in war, but you keep failing and that's not cool. It's like, yeah, the extended are experimental and I'm sure the enemy has also lost stuff like that. Uh, and I get it's battle. Not everything goes as you plan, but quit screwing up. You had one fight and you lost it. <laughs> I just always get the feeling that Jabril does have absolutely no fucking idea how any of this works. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, this is very, your manager is telling you all the stuff, and you're like, okay, yes, but you're completely ignoring everything that's going on on the floor here. It's like, well, corporate said this, so you gotta do it. We do see a little flash of a big Gundam's plans. I actually missed that when I was taking notes on this. Mm -hmm. And he's like, yeah, people are starting to hero worship the Minerva because people suck. They don't realize they're just coordinators who sucks, but because they're winning, people are like, those guys are cool. You have to make them stop winning, so they're like, oh, those guys suck. (laughs) that's not even really why i really like at the end of this too that neo looks like kind of frustrated with the whole conversation also pensive he's like staring at like a tetra or something that he has in a little tank on his desk the entire time we've got a bunch of jabril's tvs again and at one point we suggested that maybe jabril was not a member of blue cosmos but he definitely is yeah but he's definitely like coordinators are the worst only we can stop them we have to they can't help us with their technology and their know-how and all that. And he was like, yes, sir. God. Yeah, I like it that he says, yeah, I'll take it to heart. I'm like, that was the least convincing delivery. And it's like, I, yeah, sure, whatever. So long as it'll shut your dumb ass up. So cut to Stella, who is in a sleepy times, while over her, Mayrin and Talia are talking. And Luna's like, sorry, it took you so long to get this report. And she's like, well, I certainly didn't have time to look at it, so... No problem. Sorry I made you spy on your boss. So let, let's make this clear. You said, it, you said Mayron and Talia. It's Lunamaria and Talia. I did. It should be Mayron, but it is Luna. Sorry. Thank you for correcting me. Forgetting why Luna was there, basically. Talia ordered her to follow Athrin. And she's like, yeah, I understand, but uh, can I ask you a question? And she's like, yeah, I guess. Luna likes her genuinely surprised to see that Talia says yes to that. Well, I mean, it's kind of a top secret thing, and you're not expecting the person to answer a question about something they just said, okay, go do this and don't tell anyone. It reads more as relief to me than surprise. But anyway, she's like, so everybody knows Athern Zala's deal, right? Where he defected and was in a real cool Gundam and hung out with the Archangel and warred everybody and won. I think he had a friend. Talia supports her with like, yeah, that's the secret. He's not trying to hide it. He's like, yeah, I understand he's back with us now and the president said hey you should be a member of faith so why do i have to spy on him like are there doubts about his loyalty like should i be worried that my boss might send me to do something treasony yeah i I think it's more along because i think it's more concern of um 
should I be worried my boss is going to shoot me in the back? He's a member of faith like you, right? So, so we all be... uh, we all followed his orders. Yeah. And he's like, no, trust him. He's clearly too shonen to betray you. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen him? He's such a shonen boy, Luna. Come on. I mean, he's and a little angsty for it. But... Talia counters with saying the objective wasn't to spy on Atherin. It was to gain intelligence on the Archangel. They're spying on Atherin. Even Atherin agreed, we need intelligence on the Archangel. But he also knows all those guys and trusts them, so he might not have given us the information. She also does say that I don't think Atherin would ever betray us because he's too straightforward, basically. Ignoring the fact that he did once defect from Zaft out of a strong sense of justice. But also, I feel like Talia is implying that she would have also defected from Zaft at that time. Or, like, it was the right thing to do, I think is kind of what history says. Yeah. Well, I think it's also one of those things of when you're thinking betrayal, she's thinking like shooting people in the back, whereas Atherin just like he just left. And I presume from the point of view of the plants, like the Klein faction was like a renegade group that succeeded, right? Yep. And therefore they're not terrorists. They're freedom fighters. Yeah. And but she's like, yeah, we have no idea what the Archangel's trying to accomplish now, whatever it did in the past. We just know it was an orb, did some shady stuff, so we need to know. I think it was pretty clear what they were trying to do. They didn't make it a secret. But it could be like a weird diversionary tactic from her point of view, right? For all yes. she knows, the Archangel is an orb ship. Yes, that is true. Especially because they had Kigali on board. And she said a number of times she doesn't understand what their motives are. And as a captain, that's important information for her. Anyway, Luna says, well, if that's the case, I have no problem. And so Talia's like, thank you. Hey, forget everything you heard. That's definitely a thing normal humans can do, right? Yep. Yeah, I-, I want you to forget every detail you monitored. And my thought for that was like, I mean, that is definitely the kind of order you would give someone after a mission like this, but it's not really that simple. Yeah, and she specifically remembers Kira being like, hey, why is there a fake Lacus Klein? Why are coordinators shooting the real one? Why is a fake Lacus Klein so sexy? Well, I mean, it is a particularly big question, because as far as Luna had known, there was no reason to think otherwise. Yep. Which could raise doubts in the leadership as well. So, does Talia know about Mir? I think she's about to find out. I do not think she knows that there is a fake one at the moment. Well, she hasn't read the report yet, right? Yeah. So. I think that's where she learns. Because she hangs out with Jabril. No, she doesn't. She hangs out with Durundle. That's what I meant. I always get their names confused. She hasn't in a while, though. She's been busy. And so is he, presumably? Yeah. And when he came to give a TED Talk, she was busy rolling her eyes. At the, uh, Lackus Klein performance. <laughs> Maybe he told her that, though. So it's possible she knows. But I don't think so, honestly. I don't think that's the kind of thing he just would casually reveal. Nor do I think she would care. It's not like if she found out, she would be like, why didn't Durundle tell me this? Actually, I'm I just think wondering she what she thinks of the tactic. I, she might have the thought of why didn't he tell me this, but she would also understand why you wouldn't tell that. For sure. So I was like, yeah, okay, I'll do his order. But she clearly has misgivings about it. Well, at the very least, like, that leaves you with questions. That's not mm-hmm. the kind of thing you just turn around and forget. There's a cool pan shot where we cut from Gladys to Durundle. And hey, look, he also has the schematics for that Gundam. For the destroy! Yes. Uh. I'll cut to Stella, who is sleeping in pain. There's some cool medical babble about her biochemistry. Shin walks in like he owns the place because that's Shin's deal. As they are putting an oxygen mask on him. Well, to be fair, there's also no reason why they would lock the sick bay. True. I just feel like this doctor must be tired of this kid. For sure. Well, probably. Anyway, he's like, well, he, she's got a lot of drugs in her system. We have no idea how it works, like I told you. So we don't really know what to do. Hey, it seems to me like her body functions need to be maintained by special equipment. 
I have deduced this from my doctor deduction. <laughs> I was going to say, I, that's actually a specific note I took is like, how the hell did he figure this out, but also can't figure out anything else about her biology? How does he know a specific machine regulates all this? Well, he's a coordinator. He was given, <laughs> he was given Sherlock Holmes, Holmes genes, so he's a really good detective. Oh, okay. It could just be a situation where, you know, looking at it, he's comparing certain things to, like, say, a pacemaker or one of those type of external things. Because we also don't know what kind of, like, maintaining things they would have in this world. Like, maybe they have a specific implant for diabetes. Yeah, but his thing is, she's on a lot of drugs, so therefore machine. I don't understand his train of reasoning here. Yeah, I, I don't know. I do, under- I do get the, I can't treat her because she's got all these drugs in her system and... We all know how bad it can be if you mix the wrong drugs together. I mean, that's actually fairly accurate. So Shin said, so Stella, who remembers his name, and he's like, hey, I'm scared. You said protect. You attack, you protect, but most importantly, uh... We get even more shots of that episode we've already seen the entirety of three times now. You're not a snack. <laughs> you are a snack. <laughs> anyway, he's like, anyway, the naturals know way more about drugs because we don't need them. Our genes are too good. Cut the ray hanging out in his room. He's updating his blog again. I thought that was Luna updating her blog last time. No, it was Ray. It was Ray? Okay. What is Ray's blog about? Chilling. Just chilling, straight chilling. No, I'm pretty sure he has a cooking blog. <laughs> I can see him being really into cooking, actually. No, 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 wait, I'm wrong. It's a piano blog. No, he doesn't play piano. He wasn't a follower of he the- He canonically plays piano. We've seen it. <laughs> he doesn't play piano. He wasn't a follower of the- Late, great, uh, Nickel, I don't know his last name. Amafi. Oh, wow. <laughs> so anyway, Arthur's like, what? The girl's going to say I'm bored. And Gladys like, yeah, we're taking her to our research lab to get more data. And Arthur's like, but she's not recovering. Gladys is like, yes, that's why we need to take her to a better medical <laughs> facility. <laughs> well, actually, like, she doesn't say that as, like, her idea. She said she brought it up to the doctor, and that was what the doctor said. Which does track to me. It is super weird to me that the Minerva is going through enemy territory on its own without an escort for this. You would think it would move as part of a fleet. Yeah, you think at least they would put another USS Expendable with them to immediately <laughs> get destroyed at the start of the battle. I'm pretty sure it's the ZFS Expendable. You're probably yep. right. The Zaf Base Force is Expendable. <laughs> I was going to say, if they can get her to a base, she might actually be a big military asset, if only so we know like what the enemy's using. Exactly. I can see the logic here. How exactly I, the extended work... I mean, I understand yeah. it. It's just one of those things of, why is the Minerva going alone? Because plot? It's dangerous to go alone. Hey, take this useless submarine. And also, we get some Mayrin, and then we don't get any more Mayrin before the eye catch. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I've got a bad case of being a cyberchemically enhanced fighter pilot. Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to episode 27 of It's a Gundam. We have kind of an announcement this week, and that is, if you listen to our other podcasts, last time on video games, we are end of lifing that, which I think we announced on the last episode of that show. As a side effect of that, though, we're finally getting around to a lot of the heavy hitters that we have been putting off forever. For example, last week's episode was Ocarina of Time, and next week will actually be my first Grand Theft Auto game, Vice City. And I'm kind of surprised I've never gotten around to playing one of those before. Also, in case you missed this month's game night, which are the last Sunday of every month at 6pm Mountain Time, we got everyone on to play Valorant for a couple of hours. And that was a thing. Everyone agreed that it was maybe worth installing a rootkit on your machine, but probably not. 
As usual, if you have any ideas for what we should play, either because you want to join us or because you just want to, like, hang out and watch the live stream, feel free to drop a message on our Discord or just send us an email. Also, as usual, like and subscribe that smash button, the popular thing that all podcasts have. And back to the episode. Then we get a pelican, and then we get all of the Murasamis just hanging out on deck. Uh, those are all astrays. Those oh. are astray strikes. You are? Ah, you're right. Anyway, there are too many of them for this carrier, is my point. <laughs> yes. So we get Neo talking down to uh, Yuna, where he's like, you see, the plan is simple. Tatanka's like, yeah, but do you think it'll work? How reliable is our information? And then Yuna's like, hey, why are you naysaying this sweet plan that Neo did? The guy who definitely won't fire me or something. Well, I mean, Tadaka's got a point. Like, yep. you don't know exactly how good your intelligence are because people... Intelligence are? Intelligence is because they haven't told you where it came from. It came from a mysterious hobo, in fact. <laughs> that mysterious hobo. Who is that mysterious hobo? A spy. That's it? We never see him again? Yes. Oh. And then uh, Neo patronizes Yuna again. And he doesn't get it, much to the consternation of Tadaka and Lieutenant Longnose. I think it would be pretty great if they're like, our intelligence is great, and then Minerva just goes the other way. And you know, it's like, if we sink the Minerva, the whole world will know the strength of our nation. Which angers Tadaka and shocks Lieutenant Big Nose. I kind of get Yuna's point. I feel like at that point, they can kind of say, okay, we fulfilled our obligation. Yep. But I understand where the other, where the officers are coming from, because, like, they're the ones who have to write the letters. True. When it comes down to it. Not Yuna. True. And this is a very costly endeavor for them, which I assume is their objection to it, right? They're like, we're going to get hammered by basically being a wall. Yeah, they understand what's at stake and how dangerous this is going to be. They're like, Yuna, do you realize how many main characters are on that ship? Speaking of main characters, if that other ship shows up, you'll blow it up too, right? I mean, I don't think it will, but I didn't think it would last time either, if we're being honest. It's your enemy, right? And he was like, yes. And he's like, especially that fake Kigali. Who is fake? That's why you shot her, Tadaka, right? Because she's fake? Then he has a flashback to traumatic fake sh missiles. I do really like that throughout this entire thing, it really comes off of Tadaka basically being like, the only reason why I'm doing any of this is because I'm, you know, a good soldier. And this is all shit. Yep. So we cut under the sea where Kira is showing Mary Ellie a wonderful water world. <laughs> Darling, it's better. Down where we have hot springs on a ship for some reason. Take you it know, from me. I have to wonder exactly how the bay really works underwater. Yeah, Do they flood it? I assume they flood it and then they like force air jettison it or something, but I don't know. You're not supposed to think about these things, Zach. I know, but I can't help it. <laughs> I do like how everybody's happy to see uh, Millie when, she, when they get out. And Murdoch's like, what are you doing here? You're not going to find a husband down here. Certainly not one you want. <laughs> <laughs> I do like her response. She's like, hey, that's rude. Also, I dump everyone. It's fine. I dump anybody that complains about yep. what I do. Including you, Murdoch, which is why we haven't even dated. They do have a super cute high five together. Yeah. Even like Murdoch is like, whoops, I accidentally stepped on the wrong toes. Well, there, I, I definitely but... get, it definitely comes off as like. Millie is like these guys are all grateful to be working together because they're friends but yeah. like they all know there's not going to be any there's no more to that so cut to the bridge where uh, they find out the orb forces are at Crete probably to I, intercept the Minerva damn that TV is huge well if we got an upgrade his eyesight's not what it's used to be and like they can't, we can't be sure but Terminal says that's how we should interpret this specifically this is but the Terminal the Terminal is capitalized 
Why is the terminal capitalized? <laughs> is that important? Shall we just get into it? Terminal is Lacus Klein's secret StarCraft factory. As apparently they are also read the script. <laughs> I presume Terminal consists of DaCosta, Waltfelt, and three guys we haven't met yet. <laughs> Who are basically her spy coalition You know, it'd make earlier. more sense if they had mentioned something along the lines of this existing earlier. Yeah. Instead of it now feeling like it came out of left field. I literally assumed that the computer monitor said like, something. <laughs> like maybe earlier when they're coming under attack, Terminal sends them something. Uh-huh. That way it's there. Anyway, they're like, the alliance must be desperate because it'll only work if they're actually going that way. And Millie comes on the bridge and Maru's like, oh my god, another girl! It's so stuffy up here. <laughs> I like how the comms officer... This is one of those things that I always thought of occurred with when Atherin mentioned yeah. it, that she mentioned that she dumped him. But yeah, the comms is like, still going out with the Arca and Millie's just quick and kind of happy. I dumped him. Yep. I dumped him and then he's like, uh, oh, wasn't expecting that. Well, actually, he still has like the smile of, all right, well. She then like, move over, Kagali. This is a woman's job. <laughs> and she reads a coded message about the Minerva leaving and going southward, which will send it towards the orb fleet. I mean, to be fair, there's no reason why Kagali would necessarily know how to work all the communications no, equipment. There's not. Lacus was doing that. <laughs> so many estrays. <laughs> so I think many. they're Murasames now. I feel like there's some just kind of laying down in the back because they won't fit. Well, I think that's why they're Murasames. I think they're transformed. But in the shot before, they were Shrikes because they, they had, they the, had the, the, the fans on them. Actually, the ones on the left might be Estrays again. I'm not sure. Just so many of them. Anyway, the Archangel crew is like, well, then Orb will definitely fight the Minerva at Crete. Cut the Atherin, whose food doesn't taste good. He has a piece of broccoli and asparagus in sauce. Like, that's one of the plates. <laughs> Maybe he ate the rest of it. Maybe it was a lame salad. Hey, don't be looking for spoilers. I'm trying to figure out what the terminal is. The answer is, eh, they did some stuff, I yes, guess. Yes, that's the answer. <laughs> They're like, it's a network that Klein sympathizers like put I together, said, I guess, and they have a factory somehow? Like I said. Jeremy explained it. Yes. <laughs> that was it, I, I guess. I don't want to talk about Terminal, but I want to talk about it a lot more than Destiny does. <laughs> it's Lacus Klein's secret StarCraft factory. <laughs> she must have lifted it off after yeah. the last war. Oh, man. If we ever, ever, ever in the hypothetical future get around to doing an abridge of this, I do at some point want Lacus to, uh, like, when taken off in the Eternal, bitches don't know about my additional pylons. <laughs> yes, something like that. <laughs> Luna walks in on him and is like, ooh, ah, I'll eat later. This is too awkward. Shin is just sitting in his flight suit, ready, I presume, because angry. He- I mean, they're good and ready to take off. They know they're moving. I actually really like the shot right after that where it shows like a air electronic ship. warfare AWACS style Murasame flying around. I love this thing so much. It's a really cool idea and it's not something that you see a lot of in these. We did actually see a radar gen at the very beginning of this episode and we've seen it before. Well, it was the re- it was the recon yeah. gen. They don't specifically like mention it has better radar, but this one actually shows something that we actually have. Yeah, and I love when there are models specifically for this purpose, but it does make more sense to just slap a unit on an existing model, too. So, the Takamikazuchi, the orb flagship, is able to spot the Minerva thanks to its advanced scout and prepare to intercept it. So, are we to take this to mean that the, like, extremely shoddy plan that was being laid out earlier is, in fact, coming to fruition because the Minerva is, in fact, going the direction that they anticipated? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Which is another, like, weird, Yuna is semi-competent, and the show really just doesn't want you to think he is, 
and I feel like there's a lot more drama to be had if he's competent than there is with him constantly being show otherwise. Although, yeah. to be sure, this one, the plan is actually Neo's. True. It is. I feel like the other plan was also Neo's. And actually, I think the information also came from Neo. Like, this is Yuna wanting to pretend like he's doing something. And Neo wanting some cannon fodder, mostly, I think, right? Yeah. <laughs> So, Owl and Sting rush to their Gundams, but Owl stops and stares at the blank launch bay, and he's like, hey, something seems off. Mayron detects a ship straight ahead. In fact, one carrier and three escorts, but they can't confirm what it is yet. They're like, what about the Phantom Pain? And they're like, well... I like how Talia, like, going into that incompetency thing, says, like, it's unlikely that it's operating alone, like... She doesn't say it's not going to be operating alone or anything like that. It's it's unlikely, using her head. I like how Atherin stands up, turns around, and Luna Maria has this, like, shocked, I'm sorry, I'm here face. She goes through, like, four expressions over the course of, like, ten frames or something, and I love it so much. And then she runs away. I feel well, like... Because they, they got the order of all pilots to your machines, so she has to hit the ready room. I feel like that is a convenient excuse for her. She could go with her boss to the ready room. <laughs> well, yeah, I think she immediately turned around and, was thinking, and immediately thought, oh, thank God. I think one of the reasons that I like Luna and Mayrin so much is because while they're on the ship, they get to have all the facial expressions that they exist. They get to emote. Yes. Yep. <laughs> they took all of Shin's emotions. <laughs> and and Ray's. <laughs> Shin and Ray had to donate their emotions to the girls. Well, Shin got to keep anger, at least. <laughs> yeah, Shin kept anger. Ray kept nausea, I guess. That's not really an emotion. <laughs> we get a shot of Stella in the med bay. Sorry, I was just thinking of like an alternate version of Inside Out where nausea is one of the emotions. <laughs> we get a shot of Stella strapped down in the med bay. Over Owl saying, I swear I'm forgetting something important. And Sting's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, if I knew, I would not be forgetting. <laughs> what do you mean something important? And that's what I can't remember. What the? How, do you not understand how that phrase works? We get a very sexy shot of a Murasame about to launch. I really like it when they have the attention to detail of, like, crewmen on the carrier as it's launching. Yeah. As well as the tie-downs on a few of those way too many stray strikes. And the Minerva starts scrambling all the fighters. Or the mobile suits that they have on board. They don't scramble them all yet. They just they start with the main characters. The Impulse and the Savior. Ah, there were so many. So many. Like, hey, any mobile suits yet? They're like, no. It's, you know, it's like, great, we win. Use Type 8 Fragmentation Shells. I like he, he gets, like, the evil, evil villain eye, eye the, thing. Get the caster. Type <laughs> 8 Shells. Actually, but if it's a caster, we know what the expression would be. Usually desperation in comedy. It's true. I really only think of that first Casper scene, caster scene where they shoot the guy with progressively larger and larger guns until they hit him with a rocket launcher and nothing happens. <laughs> and he's just got the expression of, what the hell is this dude made out of? Give me the caster. A bunch of cannons get leveled at the Minerva and then fire. They belay the order to launch the mobile suits. And that makes sense because you wouldn't want to launch them and have them run smack into a uh, artillery barrage. So they shoot down the artillery and it turns out they're fragmenting shells. Honestly, I don't really care for this. Me and Jim were talking about it earlier because it makes the Minerva's armor look freaking pathetic because they shoot down the missiles and the fragmentations still go through all the armor. It doesn't seem to actually like the ship's smoking, but it, it seems like mostly superficial damage to me. It says they penetrate armor to the second level, though. Which, like, makes it sound like a pretty dire forecast to me. I'm willing to give this orb has technology nobody else has. They have really good fragmentation shells. And I'm okay with it, as opposed to Zach. But I do agree. Uh, the Minerva feels like it's taken a lot more punishment than this and gotten through it much easier. 
Self-forging fragments. Or at the very least, have them be something more akin to, like, armor-piercing fragments, or have them reference that they're armor-piercing shells. There are three more ships at 9 o'clock, as well as a team of Marasamis that are about to go in. Maybe this is why you shouldn't have uh, sent one ship through enemy territory. Yeah, maybe sent two. And Gladys is like, okay, well, now we don't have missiles coming at us, so send out the mobile suits. And name the Tristans and Isolde at the port side enemy fleet. So we get a cool shot of the guns turning to fire. We cut to Neo, who's having a soliloquy to himself about how he can't exactly call this vengeance for Stella, but he will sink the ship for her. That she's currently on. Because dramatic irony. I know, I really like that. And we see Sina Neo taking off. So, something I want to point out really quick. As the Abyss takes off, it transforms and shoves the scythe thing that it carries up the, like, uh, not the dorsal, the opposite of the dorsal, I guess. The ventral. Thank you. Side of his mobile suit as it transforms. That thing seems like it is absolutely necessary as a rudder for his mobile suit to operate underwater. I don't think so because of the fact that it's he's got thrusters, so it's probably actually using vectored thrust instead of the rudder to turn. Okay, fair. It does seem like it's very helpful to the stability. Like, what happens if he doesn't have that? Does it just perform a lot worse underwater? I don't think it performs any different because of the speed you're already operating at on one of those things. I feel like that's not how hydrodynamics works. I don't feel like Gundam Sea Destiny cares. I, that's also a good point. <laughs> I'm just saying that's an impractical mobile suit design. So is the fucking impulse. It's far worse. I think the impulse is actually slightly more practical. <laughs> so <Sorry>. speaking <laughs> of, Shin takes off in the impulse. For some reason, he has selected blast impulse for this level. <laughs> I'm not really sure the, why. And we're getting the full takeoff sequence for it this time. Well, we got a pad for time. We got a full takeoff for Owl and Sting as well. Yeah, I know. And it wasn't until this episode that I really realized that I hate the blast impulse even more so because of the fact that you can't use the missiles and the cannons at the same time. It's got basically the same armament as the Freedom Gundam, so I can't hate it. I do like the way it almost looks like it's skating on the water. Yeah, that's kind of fun. Atherin takes off in the Savior because we're having a first name brigade. And we cut to the Bridge of the Archangel where Kigali is brooding and Kira just looks uncomfortable. So Kigali's brooding and being like, I don't think I should intervene or... Kira looks kind of akin to like, I wonder what's for dinner. Yeah. (laughs) Or like, did I leave the stove on? Or like the freedom on? Did I pack Lacus's pop dress? She said she needed it. (laughs) I don't remember. Kigali, though, remembers Atherin berating her for what she did last time. And she isn't sure what she wants to do. She is clearly having a crisis of conscience. And Kira's just like, let's go. He's like, I know what she wants to do. I think we're doing the right thing, so let's go. He specifically quotes Lacus from before when she's like, decide on something and do it. And he's like, clearly you've decided on something. So do it. Do it. And we get a shot to the hot springs aboard the ship. A flashback to it. We also get four seconds, count them, of Ghost Dad. (laughs) I think one of the reasons why it felt like he's on screen so much is because it's this shot, like, every time. I get what they're going for here, but it seems, again, melodramatic to have them re-enter this fight like this, right? Like, I get they set it up with Lacus before, but it seems like think through your action is also a good thing. Yeah, I agree. I feel like Lacus would stop them from doing this if she was here. I'm Uh, not so sure. sure. She's kind of, uh... She's also kind kind of of gung-ho. Yeah, she is. That's true. She's just a lot better at executing, I think. I feel like the one that would possibly, like, actually think this all the way through... 
should be either Maru, Waltfeld, or Atherin if yeah. we're talking about the crew that fights on the Archangel. I feel like Waltfeld would definitely would have been like, ah, maybe having some reservations about that. Like, we already tried that. It didn't work. Let's not try the same thing again, if for no other reason than to make it so Crunchyroll has two different descriptions. Although they did change the one for the next episode. I don't know if you noticed. I did not. Yeah, they, they actually did change it, so they're slightly different now. So Maru gives a nod, and Newman freddies the Archangel for takeoff, and Millie's like, hey, Kigal, you're in my seat. Yeah, you have other things to do, like be out in a mobile suit and cry out there, so get out of my chair. <laughs> and uh, Maru's like, oh man, your stats are way better than Lacus's at that. We should be even better at Archangeling. But are you sure you're up for it? And she's like, yeah, I became a, pho- a photographer. I became a photographer because I love the world. But it's in danger right now, so I gotta protect it. I do love that she gives Kira the wink she always gives him yep. when he's launching. And uh, he looks surprised. I do also like that she's basically immediately competent when she gets back on the ship. She's like, oh, it's been two years since I do this, but I know how to read this better than Kigali. Yes. So. Well, I, it is one of the things that probably got ingrained because she learned under fire, and that was a particularly rough patch of time. And it's probably not one of those skills that would ever go away if for no other reason than the fact that uh, when she was on it, her boyfriend died. Also that, yeah. Not that Millie was timid before but she really seems like these years have given her a ton of confidence like that wink she that she gives kira reads to me is like hey if things don't work out with lacus call me <laughs> <laughs> i did not pick that up at all but it's I, the same wink she always gives him but i mean it actually was kind of vaguely fr- flirtatious like i don't actually see that actually going anywhere but i get no. where jeremy's coming no, from I, I also don't think it's i don't think she's gonna step on lacus's territory she knows better than that <laughs> well i mean i don't think that she would even go for it if they did break up if lacus did not have a hit squad i don't want to deal with the cost he might come with the arca <laughs> that would just be awkward cut to the abyss doing its sock footage attack but the blast impulse skates away and returns with its guns but the abyss dives away the chaos and the savior are doing that thing they always do with each other spinning around a bunch of murasamis come in to shoot missiles at the already exploded parts of the minerva they're doing a pretty decent job and then ray takes off yeah ray and luna take their positions on the ship and the ending theme starts playing last week i said that this was a temporary ending and i'm wrong this is the ending i just completely forgot about it <laughs> also it's the only one studio megany doesn't have so i'm gonna keep using um the one we've been using makes sense because i really like that one and the archangel raises up from the sea we get yeah, the glory shot of the Archangel leaving the ocean again. I presume this is not supposed to be at the same time that like the battle is taking place because they get there real fast. Yeah. I also assume they weren't very far away. They probably weren't very far away, but Jeremy's probably right. They probably like started moving before the battle actually got started. So we get the last two launches of Kira and Kigali both launching. We also, I don't know if you noticed it, we get that one frame of the Strike Rouge where it like, zooms in on the eye. That is the same one frame of the strike launching that I really or that I commented on the amount of detail in the eye in that one frame, like however many episodes ago that was. I just now noticed that shot. And that's the episode. So, Tyler, do you have a high point? Um, that one frame of the eye. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I actually I think it's well, I'm not sure that's a high point. I do really like establishing the tension between Neo and Jabril. And I think something's going to come of that eventually. But I don't know. It's destiny. Who knows? <laughs> I actually, I think I'm going to say my high point is uh, Kira taking Lacus's advice on Kigali's behalf. <laughs> I actually really like that dynamic because it also, I think, shows that Kira's like maybe moving forward or like getting back into the swing of things himself. Zach? I think I have to go with Millie rejoining the Archangel and the easy familiarity with the crew and the equipment that she displays when she gets back on. I'm going to go with that whole opening segment that Tyler talked about. 
Also good. Seed would often do recaps, but it also often wouldn't. I feel like Destiny has been leaning into recaps heavily for its opening, but this is all new content. We get to see DaCosta again, and we get to see Walt Felt's wig free-floating in space, <laughs> where it presumably will stay forever, as evident. Which also presumably has his DNA on it, right? So... He's still a clone, Andrew Waltfeld, and he'll, that clone will have to fight Neo Roanoke. Oh, I was going to say they could conclusively prove that it is someone with Andrew Waltfeld's DNA, because <laughs> I assume they have that on record, because he is a coordinator. You know, one of his coordinated things is his DNA changes every two years. Oh, that makes sense. So that's what I, I was going to come up with, like, a thing. That's why he was the desert tiger, but now he's the space parakeet i don't know never mind that was nothing <laughs> what's your low point nothing uh... <laughs> <laughs> i think once again yuna just like being made to be a pratfall character like i feel like he's actually trying i mean gr- to be fair he's like a terrible person but i think the fact that he has absolutely no redeeming qualities makes it hard to take him seriously at all zach i want to say the amount of padding that they have on the back end of this but like, that's something that we've seen before when you're getting into a big fight. But I just feel like this one didn't really earn, like, where it was going with that. So it just padded out the last five minutes of the episode with all of the launches. It does make it seem kind of dramatic. And then the Minerva gets kind of beat up already. So, like, I feel like there are stakes, but I agree. It's well, they start out beat up. They do all the padding for launches. And then they go back to the Archangel for more time. And then padded out more with Kira and La- or Kira and Kigali's launches. You know, you guys had that decent ending there with launching Shin and Atherin to start the fight, but then you just kept going. Mine might be too similar. It's going to be that like, I feel like nothing happens this episode, right? Like, Millie gets on the Archangel, and I guess that's important. I do like some of the fun scenes we get there, but, like, that isn't enough for an episode, right? Similarly, or the Minerva moves out, and it starts the battle, but it just feels like it hasn't started yet to me. I don't know if I'm alone in that because I know what happens next episode or if, if the councilmen agree. No, uh, I agree I, with that. And I think Shin's character is absolutely where he was before. Luna's character feels like she where she was before. Like we got the thing resolved, but she still has the same relationship with Athern, right? Athern is where he was before. And I don't feel like Kira and Kigali have moved forward. I would agree with what Jeremy's saying there. And I was just thinking about that. Like the Minerva starting the battle, but not really. I think that also you run into the problem of uh, they beat it up so badly early on because they're trying to artificially create stakes. So they're beating up the Minerva early as opposed to like having it happen naturally through the through the actual fight. Yeah. Any final thoughts on this episode? Um, Aside from a couple like nice character moments, eh, it's pretty blase. I would agree with what Tyler said, because outside of like Millie interacting with the crew of the Archangel, there's not a whole lot here. Yeah, so it's, it's mostly just like. Millie, um, who has always been one of my favorite characters. So I guess it's nice to see her back in action, and now she can be relegated to sidecast again. She's going to be a part of the uh, bridge crew again. All right. Four seconds of Ghost Dad. I'm not <laughs> going to tell you where that puts us. It's four more seconds. Shall we add the Gaza Woot to our mobile suit list? Gesundheit. <laughs> I'm sorry, which one is that? Uh, that's the the artillery one. That the, is One green. of the ones that got like recently introduced, yeah, right? Yeah, last episode. Oh, this thing. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it a lot. Oh, yeah. Mm, it's gross. not as good as the Zoot. It's not as good as the Zoot, no. <laughs> because it's just copying off of the Zoot, I don't think it's quite as good. The color like, scheme's hey, look, also not great. We want to make it, we, we want to do this again, and you're like, but couldn't you have, like, done even a little bit of extra effort? Right into the Zoot, we have the Goon. 
that's Honestly, the underwater. That's one of the underwater. That's ones, their right? first underwater one. Yeah, one that's kind of bulky. Yeah, yeah and they just I like don't... pop up and like surface do uh, surface to air torpedoes. I really don't yeah. like those gun the the goons. Yeah, I might have to give it to the Gazoo just because I like I like its artillery layout. It's just like a very blase color scheme. Okay, the Gazoo gives it number fifty three above the goon and below the Zoot. Well, that was easy. <laughs> Join us next week when we will be watching Phase Twenty Eight: Survivors and Sacrifices. I'm looking forward to this one because I know what happens. Yeah, I watched it actually. So did I. I was bored after this episode <laughs> and was like, I would like to watch something. I got the number confused when we didn't record. Is this actually a good one? I like Important it. things happen. The Shin die? Someone dies. So yeah, next <laughs> week, someone will die. Who will survive? We have to keep watching it is our destiny. Oh, I dumped him.